let's do it. All right, everybody, thank you. And welcome back to the P2 podcast. This is my third. Now that Bryce is in Italy, I think I'm uh, just going to take the reins on these because I do them better. Um, this is We're just having a ton of great, awesome individuals coming in, speaking about their experiences, their stories, um, things that interest them, really trying to give back to you guys and give you guys an opportunity to kind of stir up conversations on your own. So today we have with me a good friend, Malik. Um, Malik is a local DJ, content, you know, uh, curator, good times guy, mogul in Columbus. Man, I've known this guy for a long time um, at a variety of depths. Uh, it's been really cool to see his journey. You know, I, I knew him when he was the guy that just occasionally played at, you know, Big Bar. And then, you know, now, you know, clubs are fighting over him, concerts want him around. You know, he's he's talking to all the people when the, they're watching sports games and stuff like that. And so I'll let him tell you a bit of his story, but it's just been really cool. And I'm really happy. You know, this is one of those episodes I'm actually really excited for. So I'm going to contain myself, but I'll hand it over to Lee. Oh, man. Thank you for that. Uh generous uh introduction um yeah just kind of echo what you said you know just uh yeah i've been in columbus for about 11 years now djing um you know all over doing different types of things um also you know did some community work in those years uh, obviously when COVID hit things took a back seat um definitely want to get back to doing stuff like that um Kind of got into the content game a lot recently. So that's been kind of my main focus is DJing and then producing content. Um, really just trying to build up my um, my brain as much as I can to, you know, hopefully use it for the best and use it for good. You know, moments like this, you know, I always look at myself I'm like people don't care about me being on a podcast, but. I guess if I if I look cool enough, people will care. <laughs> uh, no, hey, listen, half, half the battle is what the perception is, right? You know, so, and we've talked about that before. It's one of those things where, uh, and Instagram's a scary game, right? You know, especially being in the media creation game where you're looking at, oh, well, all my friends are like in this person's content or that person's content, but I'm not getting no love. Is it the algorithm? Is it me? Is it them? Is it the city? Do I need to leave? You know, you know, you have that game and then you also just have the uh, the comparison where, you know, oh, well, because such and such shot that and they cut it. His life looks good. Her life looks good. Why doesn't my life look that good? And, you know, I actually wanted to have you on here because, I mean, I think one, we have a huge Venn diagram of like people. Right. So there's a ton of people that we both know, um, a ton of groups that we're tethered to. And I think you're also one of the people very similar to me where you don't care where someone's from what they do, um, if they bring good vibes, race, color, creed, doesn't matter, you're, you're with it. And I think that's super cool. It's been something that's that's the way I've been my entire life. I don't care if uh, a dude or a girl looks the part to be my friend or to be in my circle. I, I don't care if you have four followers or four million. If you bring me good energy and you reciprocate and fill my cup, then I'll have you around. If not, then, you know. Yeah, I get that. I'm definitely the same way. I've kind of always been that way since, uh, honestly, since I was young, you know, my mom had to put that impression on my sister and I, you know, my mom used to work with, uh, MRDD people with, you know, which people that aren't familiar with, uh, that acronym it's mentally retarded, you know, people. Um, and so when we were younger, she'd always be like, if I ever catch you making fun of anybody, I'm going to slap you. And I'm like a kid. I'm like, oh, all right. I mean, I wasn't thinking about it, but 
but now that I know, you know, and, uh, you know, it just came from my, my, my parents, you know, and my, and my grandparents, like my grandpa was Jehovah witness on my, on my mom's side, my, on my dad's side, my grandpa was Muslim. Um, you know, and then obviously we had different, and then my mom was, you know, you know, basically a Southern Baptist. And, you know, so we had uh, different, even just in our family tree, just different, like, religious beliefs, but it was always love. It was always respect, you know, obviously Thanksgiving sometimes. Good little hectic. Yeah. Especially when the Cowboys are playing. Um, <laughs> but yeah, man, it's just kind of my upbringing as well. It's just like, you know, in high school, I got, I got along with everyone, you know, cool, cool kids, I guess you want to consider nerds, jocks, you know, uh, or say jock, like you're not a jock, you're not a state champion. You know what I mean, my guy, I was a late, I was a late jock. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I think that's like, obviously you see that in you. Like, I don't think it's possible to to build a brand, to build a following, um, to build a circle, a community the way that you have around your name to be able to say, hey, yeah, guys, I'm doing this thing. I'm doing this thing. You actually want to get involved and to have all the different types of people come out unless you're that kind of person, that person with that welcoming energy, that very non-judgmental energy. Um, yeah. I think it definitely does. That speaks volumes. No, I appreciate that. No doubt. But uh, but today's, and you kind of spoke on it a little bit earlier, uh, kind of tangential from the lesson your mom taught you, just accountability. You know, I think you and I, um, especially like men, but black men who really, really care about mental health as it pertains to both us and our own safety in our in our own brains and our own minds, our own emotions, but also what we put out. Um, and so we'll start with what we put out. We might make our way to what we, we, we put into ourselves, but the uh, accountability piece, I know for me and you, we talked about it often, it's, it's huge, you know, and we we try to take, you know, all the accountability that we can. Um, I know for myself, probably to a very toxic point, like it will all be my fault before it's someone else's fault. Um, and I think that's rooted in a, uh, a, uh, a very insecure, I don't want to feel like I'm relinquishing power to someone else. And by saying I could not control it to say that it was not my fault or I could not have affected an outcome would imply that I did not have power over a situation that someone else or a situation had power over me. And so I will look for that 1% opportunity to take accountability. Um, and I know you kind of share that, that same idea of just like always looking for the opportunity to just step up. Yeah. You know, it's funny before I hopped on, uh, I was thinking about our conversation and I'm like, what is accountability? And it's funny, like accountability never really comes in a positive light. It always comes when you have to take a step back and account for the thing you did and figure out how you're going to be better from it. Because like when you say accountable, it's, it's not like, well, let me make this sound the best way. It's no, 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 no. Like it's literally being like, I messed up. There's no sugarcoating. There's no, like, you really do take yourself out of it and, like, you try to put yourself in the other person's shoes. And I think that's, like, the hardest thing about accountability is, like, it's never in, like, a, oh, I did a great job. Like, let me tell people how good I did. Like, that's not really, it's always, like, no, nah, I messed up. I got to go back and kind of let people know, like, hey, I see what I did. I know what I did. And I'm here to tell you that. I've reflected on it and my plan is to be better going forward and then to have those actions in place. Cause like you hear accountability all the time and it's, it's like, well, what does it really mean though? You know? So. Yeah. And I was going to ask that. I was like, one of my first questions is what does it mean to you? And you kind of gave it there. And 
I would ask like a follow-up question is, do you think there are levels to accountability? Ooh, levels. Um, no, I don't think so. I think it's one level. I think it's literally just you do wrong, you own up, you fess up, you do better. Like, okay. I, think it's, I think it's that simple to, are you accountable? But it's not even just fessing up. I should take that back. Like accountability, like with yourself is like, you have a goal, you have a vision, you have a dream. Are you accountable enough with yourself? Like I had a whole chocolate chip cookie from North Star. I was not accountable. I was like, I'm gonna eat that cookie. Um, but it's like, you know, being dependable too, internally or externally. Like, can I count on you? Can you yeah. count on yourself? Um, you know, so I think uh, there's like different forms of it, but I think on one level, it's just uh, basically being dependable, being reliable um, before and after, you know, something right. kind of, so. So then I have a question for you. Say, uh, say I, I told you I was going to show up to an event, right? I'm a, I'm a, a, a guy that you expected to be there, right? I need, I, I had something to offer to it. I was bringing something or whatever. I was bringing the cake, whatever. Um, and I miss it. And you hit me up the next day and you're like, Hey, Chris, man, what's, what's up? I'm like, bro, my bad, man. I, sick or my car or you know whatever right right do you think that situation is different than me calling you the night of and saying hey bro listen i know that i committed to this but i'm not going to be able to make it because of x y and z i think being able to like i think accountability comes with like knowing that you're going to potentially mess up but like you do it far enough of answer like hey i i know like i said i was gonna be able to do this but i, can't, I no longer can i'm trying to give you enough time to you know fix it yeah to me like to me i'll take that all day like even if in the slightest you know something is possible like you can't or it might happen just say it and i've learned that with myself too like hey man i might be five minutes late i might be a little late instead of like me sitting there and be like bro like you just don't care about my time. I'd rather you be like, Hey, I'm running late. I'm going to be running late. You know, it's like, it's like understanding what is to happen. Yep. You know, Hey, we can meet, but just let you know, my Thursdays are hectic. I could be 20 minutes late. Hey, yeah. Uh, I know I said I can make it to your birthday, but just let you know, my mom's birthday is that same week. No promises. It's like just being accountable and like being honest. I think there's a lot of honesty that comes with accountability too. Yeah. No, I think, I agree with you. I think that baseline accountability is accountability. I think I, my leading question was more so I do think there's levels to accountability, but I, I think I've always stuck by the idea that I think that most adults accept responsibility. They accept accountability when it's thrust upon them. Hey man, you hurt my feelings, my bad bro, I'm sorry. Um, but then I think there are those who via experience and maybe a heightened awareness and probably some trauma um seek responsibility they seek accountability you know if i notice that you're a little off and i'm like damn you know what i did i did fuck up last week. hey hey leak bro let me just talk to you i just want to make sure that we're good because i know i was a little off last week and so i do think that there are those people who readily seek it and i don't think that it's any better but i do think that there's an awareness that comes with that and the accountability process and seeking the opportunity to take ownership for your actions, right? I think a lot of us would be like, ah, I mean, if he don't say nothing, you know, then I don't have to, you know, I don't have to take accountability for it, right? If he never yeah, confronts me about it. 
like waiting to see if the other person is even gonna like mention it. Definitely. I get that. I was gonna say, I mean, I don't, I don't know if you see a difference there or not. I mostly the reason why I ask that is because in a world where I think that a lot of people do accept accountability, I think there are a few that seek it, few that are gonna say, hey man, listen, I know I wronged you. Hey man, I know I fell short here. Um, or even to themselves, I know I fell short here until something catastrophic happens. Um, and so I'm like, how do we continue yeah. to encourage, you know, accountability if other people are not always accountable? Or as I've had, I've had situations like that actually where, you know, I'll do, I've done something to another person, and like people have been like, "Well, are you going to say anything?" And it's like, "Well, yeah." <laughs> and it's like, it's funny, like that's like the first question is like, "Were well, you going to say anything?" It's just like you know it's tough because like there's it's that saying like take it to the grave and it's just like you know what's your like what's your fine line between taking it to the grave and accountability you know so yeah i like that what you said like the people that seek it it's like nah i gotta say something i have to i have to you know i don't i was gonna say i i know i didn't get to that level until i got older like when i was younger i'm like hey hey look we gonna see. We gonna see. Now it's just like, oh, man, I gotta, I gotta say something, man. Yeah, it's like, I don't know if we all live that way, and like I know there are people still our age that live that way that are just like, hey, listen, like, and I, I'm, I'm weird, and I know that comes from, like I said, some trauma, some stuff in my background where I'm, I'm afraid people that I care about are gonna leave, right? And I think that most of relationships, friendships, um, even like familial connections erode because of lack of communication right i say something to you you don't like it you go tell you know whoever and be like yeah man he da, 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 da. but when you see me it's like what's up bro da, da. and you never give me an opportunity to show you who i really am because if you go hey man listen i didn't like that i might give you oh shit that's a you problem or i might go damn bro my bad i'll work on that it won't happen again and you know kind of gives us an opportunity to strengthen our bond and I think a lot of people operate in the former because they avoid those conversations and that accountability taking or the opportunity to provide someone to take some accountability. Um, and I think that gets tough. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like you said, if everyone did that, the world would be a better place. But um, I mean, we're not taught how to communicate, honestly. Like we're taught how to talk, but we're not taught how to communicate, which is like two different things. Like, you know, we're taught A through Z one through a hundred, but no one teaches you, Hey, this is how you should approach the situation in your life. When it comes up, you just learn that by trial and error, you know? So I think the thing that comes with accountability is also grace, which can be tough, you know, grace and forgiveness. It's like knowing that you mess up and that people have, you know, like you mess up and you're, you're held accountable and people forgive you and they're graceful, but it's like, when it happens to you, how do you, you know, how do you handle that as well? So that's like another thing I've been trying to like work us on, work us, work on and focus on is like, you know, being accountable and then also like being graceful with people yeah. that are also trying to hold themselves accountable when they do mess up. Like you said, with the birthday cake thing, it's like, you know, say like that's the first run-in we had in our 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 friendship. Hey, bro, I know this is unlike you. Next time, just let me know ahead of time. Great, great, boom. You're held accountable. You've been given grace and forgiveness. 
we move forward. Now it's after that where now you're always late to stuff or you're not texting me back. You're not communicating with me. Now I don't feel like I can count on you. Right. So it's like, now you kind of lose my grace. So I, so I can kind of see what you're saying to like levels of it. Do you think that it's harder to forgive yourself or forgive others? Um, I think it's harder to forgive myself because you know everything going on in your mind when you do something. And it's like, you can ask for forgiveness and you can be forgiven, but like internally you're like, damn dude, you have up. And that's all you keep hearing is like, you have to, you, you messed this up. And you're like, internally you're like, it's okay though. It's fine. And like, you're like, no, it's not. Like you just, like if, if you're anything like me, like you hold on to it. Like if I mess something up with a, a partner, you know, people are like, let it go. And it's just like, it's hard for me to let it go because I know what I did and it could have been avoided. And I think that's what makes it the toughest is like when you have clarity on something and like, you know, better. And you're like, I could have, I could have did better. And I knew it. And I chose not to. That's when it's like, how do you forgive yourself? Now there's been times where I've done stuff and I was not in the right mode, the right character mindset, you know, maybe alcohol is involved or whatever. And you're like, man, that was not me. Like, you know what I'm saying? Um, I shouldn't have did that. I think it's a little bit easier. I think when you have like a clear mind, you're just like, nah, you knew what you're doing. Yeah. It's, yeah. uh, it's one of those things we used to say as a kid, um, not as a kid, college, um, you get greedy, you get fed that good shit. Right. It was one of those things. It was like, all right, like, you know, I know. And I'm like you, I, I have an insane amount of self-belief. And so with that comes an insane amount of accountability. Like they can do it. I can't, I can't mess up. Right. Like I, I get it. It's, you don't think people are less intelligent or less aware so much as it is that you're like, you just think so much of yourself. Like I could have done better. So well, now you know better. It's like, no, I knew better then. I knew better then. And I played with it. I played with it and I, I pushed it. And I thought that I could finesse this, finesse that. And then it blew up. And you're not even so upset about it blowing up so much as it is that you saw that as a potential and you still ran with it. And you're like, fuck, I knew that I'm, I was better. Than that. And so you almost like compounded it, right? Like you're at the point where you're like, okay, not only did I mess up and possibly hurt somebody, fracture a relationship, break a relationship, friendship, partnership. Um, but I knew this was a possibility and I definitely don't want this outcome. And I chanced it anyway. And that part will eat at you a little bit. Yeah, man. And and the thing for me that sucks is like, it doesn't matter how small or big. Like I hold on, I'll hold on. Like I had an instance literally like a day or two ago where I had a gig and, you know, the night before I stayed up late on YouTube and like my intentions were good. I'm watching good stuff. You know, I'm watching like documentaries and stuff, but I knew in my mind, like, yo, we got early, we got an early day tomorrow. Like we need to go, to, we should be in bed sleeping. And so like, I wake up and usually like for gigs, I prep, I make sure everything's in the car, all that. So I just got a new cable bag. So I switch on my cables. I get to the gig and I'm setting up the speakers and two of the speaker poles are missing. And my whole cable bag is not my car. And this gig is like 40 minutes away. So my heart, my anxiety in that time is skyrocketing. Like my hands are getting all clammy. I'm like, I'm like, I messed up. And it's a big client. 
it's a big client too. Like it's not like a little rinky dink like birthday party. Like I'm like, no, this is like a Fortune 500 company. And so like it worked out. I had my backup speaker. I had some cables. Thank God in the car. They were expecting two. I only gave them one. It worked out. But like that whole day, I had to literally tell myself like that was a moment in time. We got other things to do. Please don't focus on this all day. Because two years ago, I would have shut down. Mm-hmm. I would have been just miserable all day. And I'm like, apologizing, over-apologizing to them. I'm like, I'm so sorry. This is not like me. Da, 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 da. And it's like, I'm talking to the guy that booked me for it. I'm like, hey, like I have to, this is what happened. And I'm just like, I'm so sorry. And it's like, I didn't really ruin anyone's day, but I just didn't do my job. And I'm just like, I can't forgive myself for that because of the expectation I held. Like, yeah, it's tough. It falling short of your own integrity is tough because you only you know it, right? No one else knows it. Right. Like you said, yeah. So sorry, going back to that, I knew better. I knew I knew to I knew to not be up late. I knew to prep. I knew better. So yeah, that's the thing. That's when it sucks the most is when you know and you don't. No facts. So out of curiosity, like obviously you talked about two years ago. And I know for me as an athlete, when you said that, what comes to mind is coaches tell me like short-term memory, right? You messed mm-hmm. up on that play, but you got to get, if you shut down right now, we lose the game. You've yeah. got to be able to put that out. Like not to the point that you make the same mistake in the future. Like you want to remember it enough to not do this again. You want to know what this feeling feels like, but you don't want it to become crippling for you know future progress. So like, are there daily, weekly, monthly practices? You find yourself revisiting things to continue to work on that balance of accountability and forgiveness and grace for yourself and for others. Yeah. I mean, I think like, you know, you, you said the athlete thing, it's kind of like watching tape, you know, when your coach used to in football, rewind it, show you over and over and over and over, they tell you I have short-term memory and then they show you the play you messed up on 50 times in film. And you're like, okay, I thought we, I thought we forgot about this, but you know, to, to be metaphoric here, it's like watching tape is like reflection. So it's like, okay, I messed up on that gig. I'm going to let it go. I'm not going to forget. And it's weird. How do you let go without forgetting? You know, it's like letting those emotions go, feeling the guilt. But I'm not going to forget that, hey, the next gig we do or the next play we run, to have that in the back of my mind, you need to do better this time because last time you remember how it felt where you got to that place and your heart dropped. You know what I mean? So it's like, to me, like reflection is so important. To, to look back on times and, you know, remember what you did, why you did and how you did it and then go forward and be like, Mm-mm, I don't want to feel like that again, or I don't want to make someone else feel like that again. And that's the accountability within your own self is to get better each time because you're not going to be perfect. You're not going to be perfect. But if you aim to be better each time, then it's like. you It's like less and less of like hurting yourself or hurting someone else. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And, you know, obviously, like you have. Just Breathe account. Um, and, you know, for a while there, we had groups and I've attended a couple of those. And um, honestly, man, it was a super, it was, it was probably one of the sparks for me um, because I had always been an emotional kid, right? I had always been an emotional kid. Um, after my grandma died when I was in like seventh grade, uh, there wasn't really anybody around to foster those emotions. And so, you know, like most men, especially black men, you, you shove that shit down, you figure out how to come out a bit more callous, a bit more just 
unbothered, you know, and that emotional distance uh, limits a lot of your relationships, your friendships, et cetera. And so I think that's when I was asking, like, you know, how'd you find yourself in that space to to want to start Just Breathe, to want to reach out to friends and connected friends and any sort of tertiary connections there? Like, were you doing things on your own? Was it something as simple as like, I was just journaling or I read this book or read these books or music or, you know, whatever. How did that kind of become more instilled in you? Um, I didn't really even know what mental health was until my sophomore year of college. Um, I was always an emotional person as well. My Facebook memories will attest to that. Um, you know, I've always been kind of the same, like, you know, sensitive, emotional, um, you know, I never really knew how to work through my emotions. I always compressed them, especially like when I was younger, uh, in high school and stuff, you know, I was, if I had a bad day, you knew it. Like, cause I was always happy. If I was quiet, oh man, kids in class are like, what's up with you, man? You quiet today. I'm, like, I'm just tired. They're like, you sure you good, man? Something not going on. I'm like, good. My favorite two words. I'm good. Um, you know, and then once I got to college and I was in a great place, man, I, I was finding myself amongst new friends, people I called brothers, you know, I'm on the track team. And then I uh, get hurt. I tear, sprain, whatever my hamstring. I don't think you can sprain your hamstring, but tear my hamstring. Um, okay. Okay. What? I don't know what it was. I did something. And so like my whole world blew up, you know, I went to a very deep depression I never had had anxiety like this. I went from hanging with my no, my most near and dear friends every day because, you know, we're on the same team to eating lunch by myself, you know, um, going to the cafeteria class. Like I just kind of became isolated and I had just escaped that because I was at Toledo by myself. You know, I was supposed to go to another school with my cousin. We were both going to be on the track team there. Some stuff happened. I ended up going to Toledo and like, I didn't know anyone. So like, same thing. I was supposed to be running. My identity was in track. I'm not even running. I'm eating by myself every day. I don't know people like the people I do know are not people I want to, I really even want to be friends with. So I'm just like in this lost, you know, you leave high school and you go to this, you know, whole new world in college. So I went from that, escaped it, got in a good place. And then boom, here we are again. And I was like, man, I hate this feeling. I hate feeling depressed. I hate feeling sad. I hate depending on other people for my happiness because like that's who I was for so long. I was such a people person that like my energy came from hanging out with others. Mm -hmm. I couldn't be by myself. I hated it. Um, So when I got hurt, it was like the first time I really got into like a deep depression. And I was like, well, how do I get out of this? Like, how do I not feel like this? So I start watching like motivational speeches, you know, before I went to class I had downloaded like a motivational app, you know, just like anything to get my mind out of this dark place. I was like, I can't, cause I was like, I, feel, I mentally can't do this. Right. I'm going to literally explode. And so then, you know, after college, I moved out to Arizona and it was like another time in my life where I felt isolated, not by my family. You know, I had my roommate, but like it was me and him. We didn't know anyone really out there. A couple people, um, job is hard. I'm not finding any gigs. I'm working a job I don't like. I don't have any money, you know, and I'm just like, like, oh my God, bro. Like, here we go again. Like, here we are again. Like, I'm depressed. I'm so depressed. How do I 
work through this. Right. And I was like, you know, I had, I had been working on stuff mental health wise. Um, it was, it was in that time. I really was like, I need to focus on like my mental health, like going out, working out, going on a walk, going on a run, reading, journaling, you know, affirmations. Like that's when I really started getting into it. And I started posting it more on my Instagram. I was like, whatever, like this stuff makes me feel better. Maybe it'll help someone else. Mm -hmm. So people were hitting me up all the time on my Instagram. Like, Hey, I love when you post this. I love when you post this, this made my day better. I'm like, dang, what if I could do this in a group setting to where like people that are hitting me up, we came together and we talked about this kind of stuff. Um, and so I made it my mission. I said, if I ever move back to Columbus, I want to start a mental health group. Um, and then I did. And, you know, uh, Just Breathe uh, was created. And, you know, we were doing really good until COVID. And it's just kind of been more like an online platform. Um, but, yeah, that's kind of how the long-winded answer. My apologies. But no, you know, how we don't. that's what we're here for. I mean, I want to hear your story, man. I want I want to have a conversation and I want to one thank you for sharing that um like you said a lot of that stuff is just you sharing your story gives someone else the license to share their story you never know who's going to listen to this and comment or listen to this and reach out maybe re-listen to this and feel like oh shit I'm not alone I identify with this person or these people and they go tell their friends um so I think that's what the shit's all about you know is that it's that connected ability to allow someone else to to kind of shine some light on what they have and what they have going on so one definitely like very much appreciate because I did not know all of that about your story I obviously could tell like okay like I see there's like there's a kindred nature here like there I see parts of me in you so I'm like I'm sure he's probably gone through some shit that's put him into some dark places because I resonate um but yeah man I, I I want to, like I said, just thank you for that. And anyone who's listening, this is your license, your opportunity to either, A, reach out, talk to friends. We have, you know, Just Breathe. It's a great account to follow on Instagram. We also have, um, it's mental. It's a men's group that I started. There's several accounts. I have another buddy who has this. It's just, it's really beautiful to see this kind of thing become a thing right because before it was very taboo and you know kind of whatever and you know now people are a bit more confident especially men a bit more confident about speaking out about it so i didn't recognize certain things like there are and i don't know if maybe you can relate to this or anyone else can relate to this but i mean i was and i am i'm that person who looks back on things and i forget and i don't know if that you know people say there's coping mechanisms you, you black shit out because it's just for you to move forward you just forget it or if it's just because for me, the framing of things was, dude, like there are people who have it worse. You know, you got to keep pushing, right? You know, we we had our struggles as a family and stuff like that. I had my struggles as a kid being in between families, you know, step parents and my parents didn't like each other for a little bit. They had that that contentious relationship that you see so many have when they start to do that, um, that co-parenting thing. Um, it's crazy that I was actually, I was, you know, talking about the other day. Like I remember, like as a like very small child, like seven, eight years old, wishing that I didn't exist. I remember, like it's like why though at that age? It's crazy because I felt like a burden. You know, it's, it's one of those things. I felt like a huge burden to a lot of the people around me. You know, I saw people fight because of me. You know, I watched my parents get pulled apart. I watched my mom cry because they were arguing. I watched my sisters get tugged around and different things, and so. 
it yeah. just seemed like everything always, and because you're a kid, everything was your fault, right? You know, it's a, it seemed like everything kind of centered around me. I mean, I used to go to my room after letting people down, like my mom would get upset at something I did. Um, and I would feel like such a disappointment that, bro, I would hit myself. Like, it's crazy. Like, you're probably the first person that I've told that, that um, isn't a girlfriend or a very close family member. And I think back about that and I'm like, wow, like, that's, that's not, that's not little shit, bro. Like, I'm like, you were like an eight-year-old kid, like, trying to hurt yourself um, because you felt like, hey, like, you, you weren't worth it. Um, and so it wasn't actually until now recently kind of like i call it the i've been calling it the reawakening of certain things right spawned by the end of a relationship and i i should say spawned by trying to be better in a past relationship trying to uncover certain things within me so that i could show up better and then continued because as i found certain pieces of myself um i was very happy with what i was finding what i was moving through and it's then that I started to realize, oh, wait a second, like, I wasn't just resonating with the Just Breed stuff or the diversity group that I started during, you know, the whole Black Lives uh, Black Lives Matter movement. I wasn't resonating because I liked to go and share and, you know, I can articulate and people always go, man, I love what you had to say, because that was a good feeling, right? But like, it was almost like this past year, I was shown like, why you had such good things to say. Like you weren't just pulling that shit out of nowhere. Like you have such good things to say because a lot of this is a part of your own story. Yeah. Um, and so that's why like people like you, like you see, like I just check in. I'll be like, hey, Leap was good, bro. You know, you, a couple of other friends, you know, um, I share my my mental health stuff with you guys on social media because um, I think that that kind of connectivity and the promotion of it, like, hey, like, I'm going to do it. And when I do it, maybe it reminds Leek to do it. Maybe it reminds my boy Jordan to do it. And I think the proliferation of that just continues to kind of help people like ourselves who may or may not have visualizations at different times. Yeah, I agree. Um, I mean, it's a domino effect, man. Like, you know, they say birds of a feather, you know, they say the top five people you hang around, stuff like that is important. Um, so definitely to that last part, you know, it's it's vital that we continue to do the work and, you know, check in on each other. And, you know, it's funny when you said the part too, just like, man, you're deep. And it's like, I'm not, I'm deep for a reason. <laughs> you know, it's because I've either one, been through so much or two, I've created so many scenarios in my mind that like have just haunted me. And I think that's the thing, too, that we don't talk about enough is like, what have you created in your mind? Like, that's not true. People don't like me. People hate me. People think I'm ugly. People think I'm fat. Who said that? You know, it's like it's like how many scenarios, you know, I'm not a good DJ. I'm not a good host. I'm not a good mental health advocate. Okay, well, who said that? Well, no one said it, but. Okay, so like, you know you're deep because you've, you've, you've dug this, this hole for yourself, which I used to do a lot, you know? Um, and then, like you said, it's just like stuff you go through. So that's why to me, like I said, reflection is, is so important to, to get out of your own head because, you know, to tie it all in like the stuff from childhood, I told someone, um, I don't think you really understand the trauma you go through as a child until you get in a relationship because you don't really have anyone to project it onto until like you're with someone like every day and you're like, holy smokes, I'm acting just like my mom. Whoa, I'm just like my dad. Wow. 
And it's like, you don't, and it, and it sucks like that. It really only happens when you get into a deep relationship. But that's one thing I noticed like with myself is like, when I started dating, these traumas started to come out, things I needed to work on, things I needed to fix. So. Yeah, no, hundred percent. I mean, I remember uh, dating Maddie. I was probably like three years in and I called my dad and I was like, and it's funny because then my dad, and he still is to a degree, my dad is less of a role model and more of like, that's my homie, right? He's, he was young when he had me and we've been able to learn a lot of things together. And now we have conversations that are very much man to man. Um, but growing up, I wanted to be just like, you know, and I knew, and things I knew as false. I, I knew that he could be condescending. I knew that he was a super intelligent guy, super articulate guy. And because of that, he he wielded those things, not necessarily for quote unquote good, right? He would use them as weapons against others. He would beat them into submission with his words because they couldn't refute what he was saying or they couldn't beat him in debate or word twisting and stuff like that. And so I find myself, you know, your girl goes, well, babe, da, 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 da. and instead of going, well, no, babe, that's not how I feel. You go, <laughs> no, like you, you make her feel stupid or whatever. Like, don't start, like you won't like one of the things I have to stop saying is like, you won't win this battle. Why? Like what? Like, why does your mind go to like, Hey, you can try to outsark, like out sass me, out joke me. But like, I promise you, baby girl, you don't want these problems. Right. And it's like, why is that your first instinct of, instead of like you said, being just like, okay, there's a problem. Like, how do we, how do I fix this? It's a weird thing, man. I mean, I remember being like, I don't know what your relationship was like with your parents um, in that dynamic, but I remember, I remember like you, you joke about, I'll back up. I've had girls come to me and after having a conversation go, it's so frustrating because then I go home or I'm driving home or I'm in the shower and I go, no, that's not how I feel. And I have something to say now. And I'm just like, this didn't come to you then. I remember being that kid. I remember being that kid talking to my dad in the living room and being like, uh, da, 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 I mean, and you just feel stupid. You're like, all right, cool. And then you go upstairs and you go, no, he's stupid. I meant to say this and he, you know, whatever. And you have the, the answer to the questions and you find that it's not so much the lack of the recall or the ability to be quick so much as it is like, there's an emotional unsafety there, right? There's the, you don't feel like you can articulate and think freely in this space. And it starts to create a person who just does this and does this. And all of a sudden you do that to the people around you. Um, and then you wonder why they're not being open with you. You're like, I talk to you, I, I communicate. And it's like, yeah, but the way that you communicate is you know, shutting people down. That's really important. Uh, one of my favorite motivational podcasters, whatever, Ed Milet, um, says that we're not taught things as kids. Things aren't taught, they're caught. Mm -hmm. um, and I love that he says that because like, my dad is very sarcastic and he didn't teach me how to be sarcastic but I caught on how to do it, you know, like people, like but people will be like all the time, like, man, you act just like your dad. Well, my dad didn't teach me how to be just like him. Mm -hmm. I just figured it out by being around the guy, you know, my mom, she loves, like loves people. And, you know, my mom can talk a lot. My sister's not that much like my mom. She's, we both have, you know, different things that we get from both parents, but it's, it's things that, you 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 catch on to and either like you hate it or you love it and i don't it like becomes your like there's some people like my dad was an alcoholic so i don't drink right 
they caught on to that. Like I caught it. I was like, ah, it ain't for me. Some people are vice versa. Well, my dad was a drinker. I'm a drinker. My son going to be, a, you know what I'm saying? It's yeah. like, these aren't necessarily things like our parents sit down and say, Hey, we drink in this family. It's like, no, like you kind of just catch on. And I've had to catch, catch myself when I, you know, suppress my emotions sometimes, or when people compliment me, you know, some, that's how my dad can be, you know, he doesn't, he's not a very emotional person. You know, he, you can say some nice things about him. Like, All right, man, thanks. <laughs> it's just like, that's how, like, that's how I am sometimes. And it's just like, you know, you got to unteach yourself things that you learned or that were caught. And the, and, the, and the funny thing is you can't even be mad about your the people before you because they caught on to something that was caught on by their parents and their parents and their parents. And we're really just living in a family tree of survival instincts yep. when you think about it. Just You're not in survival mode. Man. That's, yeah. that's a huge thing. Just depend, depends on what your family's had to survive mentally. So 100%. I mean, my dad that's just funny because i've had i've had people um especially white people you know white women white white guys or friends that come and they meet my family or they they hear my story and they go wow man i just look good for you like look what you've overcome and i'm just like i mean it is you get better right and then i've had girls meet my dad and go i mean but like you're not you know, you're much better than your dad. I'm like, eh, I don't like we're better, but I get what you're saying. And I think that's the point. And I think that's, he would love to hear that. I said, but before that you other him, before you yeah. kind of drop him into this bucket of bad, you should meet his dad. <laughs> you know? And I think that that kind of sparks a different conversation. Um, and it, it is just interesting, you know, like you said, the survivability aspect of it. You mentioned something. Uh, about things being handed down and mm -hmm. you kind of mentioned it earlier too when you talked about possibly uh, a misaction or a misalignment in behavior versus integrity when under the influence or different state of mind and stuff like that and I think that as much as I love 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 all the positive mental health talk and the very just like Let's talk about it. There's no taboo around it. Let's talk about it because I do think that shit's really important. So you don't have little kids hitting themselves and you don't have college students, you know, in very depressive states and isolating themselves. I do think that there's a very interesting phenomena that's happening, um, which kind of clues into accountability where we start to accept things. It's no longer a seeking of knowledge. Like I want to know, okay, you know what? I'm not going to be a drinker because alcoholism runs in my family. There's a high chance of me becoming an alcoholic as well because of the, the lineage here. Um, anxiety mm -hmm. runs in my family, depression runs in my life, whatever it happens to be. Right. And so we stop or a lot of people are stopping at, Oh, I am chronically depressed. Oh, I'm anxious. I'm, I'm I have high anxiety. And instead of like you saying, you know what, I'm going to just be mindful about my alcohol intake, right? I'm going to be mindful about being in this scenario or that scenario because I understand where the risk is. We now divert our path and say, oh, well, you know what, like, this is just what it is because of what it is, right? You know, I, I'm not necessarily, I'm sorry, I shouldn't say we divert our path. This is what it is because of what it is. I'm a drinker because my dad's a drinker. I can't deal with this because I'm anxious. I can't deal with that because I'm just depressed today. I cannot go to work. I cannot hold a job. And you have this, this 
thing. And it's like, it's funny because I love this phrase. People talk about protecting your peace. And I'm like, that's fucking, you're right. Protect that shit. It's, it's, it's finite. You can go away. You know, you can get stressed out. Like, you know, protect that shit. But also, don't be an asshole. <laughs> like, that doesn't mean that you get to negate all responsibilities because you're anxious or because you're depressed. You don't get to behave like an asshole because you're drunk and you have a hard time battling against your, you know, alcohol consumption or your, I guess I should say your draw to alcohol. You can't blame it on that, you know? So I had the question written, like, where does accountability for you lie for actions or words, things that are said um, that are rooted in maybe like an emotional or neurodivergence, right? If someone has ADHD or they have anxiety, like, is that okay? Can someone come and say, hey, I have anxiety or hey, I have ADHD. Hey, I'm depressed. Or do you think that there should be an equal level of um, accountability there? I think that once you get to an understanding of knowing what you have, I think there's a responsibility to fix it. So it's one thing to not know and just be like, my brain is haywire. I don't know what the heck is going on with me. I'm trying to figure it out. Right. There's a lot of grace there because you don't know. I don't know. You're trying to, maybe you're taking different meds, you know what I'm saying? But I think most of the time, like, let's say I'm going through a lot of stuff, right? And I decide to go get plastered. Bro, my bad. I got so drunk. But like the thing is, like you knew that you were in a bad state of mind. And if you have awareness and I know like not a lot, not all of us are at the stage, but it's like I've been in situations where like I know I'm in a bad mood. I know I'm on some like I'm on some shit. And I know if I go out and drink and get drunk, I'm going to do some stupid stuff because of the, the mood I'm in. You say it is in demon mode, huh? Call what you want. <laughs> But it's like, it's like knowing that you're in that state of mind and choosing to go do something that's going to amplify that mood. You knew, mm-hmm. you knew, you know, cause you know yourself. Cause like when I'm in a good mood and I, you know, I might have a couple of drinks, I'm not trying to do anything stupid. I'm just trying to have a good time. You know what I'm right. saying? But it's when I'm in that mood, like, oh, so-and-so pissed me off. So-and-so made me mad or, oh, they try to play me that you get drunk and like, you just, you wake up the next day, you're like, So I think that there's, I think that there's a a line of like, if you're like going through some stuff and, you know, you're just kind of acting out, you don't know what's going on. You haven't assessed it. There's some grace there. But like, if you are grown enough to understand that your actions have been repetitive time after time after time, and you're choosing to do nothing about it, it's hard for me to really be too like, I don't know. It's like at that point, it's like, all right, you got to stop being a victim. But it's tough because like you say these things and it sounds like you're trying to be harsh. I'm not. It's like I'm not trying to be harsh. It's really it's a mental thing. Like you are in a mental cycle of victimization of yourself. And it's like you just got to get out of it. And, you know, you hear some people say, like, I just can't. I can't. I can't. It's like, no, like that's part of the problem is like you don't even have a belief system that you can. So it's like you'll never get out of it. Um but going back to your question, 
it's tough because like the optimist in me, like the nice person wants to say like, it's okay. Like people make mistakes, but I'm 30, you're 30. It's like, we're at an age where it's like, nah, you know better. Right. Like you have to know better. Like, I just feel like there's a certain point in life where like you get to, and it's just like, okay, you're not a kid anymore. You're not an adolescent. Your brain is fully functioning. Like, I don't know, like the world is like, to me, it's like the world is so, it's the world. Like there's nothing that you can't find or understand. Right. Uh, it's, I have to be careful not to get like, to understand like people don't think like I think. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know. It, it's, a, it's a tough question. Like I said, it's another long one to answer. It's, it almost feels like a, a case by case scenario. But at the end of the day, like if you're grown enough to know and you're aware enough to understand what you're going through and what it leads to, then I think there's no excuse. For sure. No, I mean, I, you know me, like I think people in the past have said I can be harsh, but I think I like to work from the rational and the emotional component, but in tandem, right? So I think there are things that just make sense. And then I want to sprinkle in the emotion to give it context to to my behavior. You know, is something right or wrong? That's pretty easy. Hey, listen, that, that was not the right thing to do. That was not the right way to behave. It was the right thing to say. Um, but why'd you do it? Let's let's talk about that. And I can give my empathy comes from in the understanding of your story. The compassion comes there, right? You know, as as men, we've messed up. We've messed up sometimes not knowing we messed up, and sometimes we messed up knowing we fucking messed up, right? And we hurt some people. And in that, it's it's never meant to be a, oh, like I have friends who have done some messed up things and they've met me in my messed up places with a lot of compassion and been like, hey, bro, hey, listen, like, yeah, that's fucked up and that sucks that you hurt this person. I know you're not this person or take it back. You are this person, but you're not the worst of what you've done, right? These, these are just these actions, just like all your good actions don't define you. You know, you have to take everything. I think it's an interesting thing that we do, right? We sit there and when someone is super sad, depressed, they're drunk, they're anxious, we go, that's not them, right? That's not them. I'm like, oh, it is. It is. You you can't tell me that that isn't them, but the best version of them isn't. If the best version of them is them, then the worst version of them has to be them. And that's okay because that makes them human. Both versions. Exactly. Otherwise, we're just these like mute gray people in the middle with no, you know, whatever. But like, you can't tell me that the happy, smiling version of this person and this very sad, shut off, angry, spiteful version of this person are not the same. They have to be the same, right? They come from the same place. And that's where that accountability comes from. Yeah, I never thought of it that way. It's like, that is who that person is. Now you can choose to be a less worse first worse version of yourself as time goes on um i think the thing that comes with accountability too is knowing that when you mess up you don't get to keep everything you're gonna lose you're going to lose some things you may lose a job you may lose a partner you may lose a friendship you may lose an opportunity you have to take that l Mm -hmm. and there's been plenty of times where i've messed up and i'm like man I really hope I get to keep this opportunity. And it's like, you don't get to, no, you messed up. You messed up. You decided to fumble. You decided to not prepare. It's like if that company would have been like, hey, glad you came out, but we're never going to have you back. Right. Please, man, I promise, man, it's never like this. I Well, you didn't make the decision to do it right today. You know, it'd be one thing if I got there and like, 
hey man, I don't know what's going on the speaker. It's just not working. Right. It's like I didn't even have the things I needed. You know, so it's like accountability being like, I'm gonna do my best, I'm gonna own up to it, but I don't deserve anything after this. Right. Cause I messed up. And you know, I think where some people get confused, it's like, well, I apologize. It's like, well, that's what you're supposed to do. That doesn't mean you get to keep everything that you lost, that you potentially are about to lose. Right. Just like athletes, you know, if you're a professional athlete, you sign a contract, you go out, you speed, you drink, the team cuts you. Dang, come on. I'm averaging 30, bro. We don't care. You messed up. You know, you knew and you know. And you decided to do something that put your career in jeopardy. It's the same thing with like if you're in a relationship, you know, you knew and you know. You decided to do something that puts it in jeopardy. You don't get to keep that relationship. It's not your choice, right? Not your choice. Exactly. It's your choice. And I think like that's the thing that has to come with internal accountability is being like, I may lose a lot, but I have to own up to it. That's, that's accountability. It's saying like, I'm going to lose something here, but I would rather lose something with integrity than keep it and be like a lie. And that's one thing I had to learn is like, okay, you can take it to the grave, but every time you see that person, you're going to feel like shit. It's like, are you willing to, are you willing to feel like that the rest of your life? Or do you want to apologize, lose that person and know that, Hey, I effed up. I apologize. They don't want anything to do with me, but now there's no like secret between me and this person or me in this situation or you know, if I would have went to the gig, I'm like, well, they told me y'all only needed one speaker. Right. <laughs> you know, just knowing that whole time, like I lied. You know? Right. So no, I think you said it. Okay, go ahead. No, I was gonna say accountability just comes with sometimes, like you, you lose things, you know, and it hurts, but it's just part of it. The integrity piece, bro. I think that that's um, is interesting. There are very, it's interesting. I don't know how you grew up, but I grew up watching my dad lie profusely. I grew up watching my mom lie, white lies. My dad lied a lot more egregiously than my mom. Um, I grew up watching my grandma lie, you know, usually to do things for me, you know, try, trying to... Hey, grandma. To, you right? No, but she's like, she, I, she'd be like, hey, you know, your mom doesn't really want you to have that, so don't tell her we went here or don't tell her we did this or whatever, right? You know? And so I got, I got, I started lying very early. Oh, yeah, no. Nah. I mean, I, one time, my grandma had me tell a lie that we did go to church because she was was tired and she didn't want to go. So she asked me if I wanted to go. And I'm eight. I'm like, no, I don't want to go. Um, and so she said, well, just tell your mom we went. So that way she's not mad. I'm like, all right. My mom picked me up. How was church? It was great. Pastor gave a great word, da, 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 whatever. I get home, take a shower, come out. My mom was like, so you said you went to church? I was like, yeah. It's like, <laughs> that's interesting because your grandma said y'all didn't get to go. And I was just like, Word, <laughs> like what? Like, hey, yo, wait, hold on. And I, like, I'm backtracking, and so then I go to her, I'm like, grandma, like I was only lying for you, you know. And so, right, uh, is it is an interesting thing? But like, when you, like you said, you live in your integrity, and you find your place back, or find your way back to that place where you are not lying to anybody, where you own up. It's like people can have their feelings and their emotions about you, but no one can hang over thing or anything over you. No one can say that you're a skis, you're a, you're a scum, or whatever. It's like, nah, man, listen, like I might not like mess with buddy, but like I ain't got nothing against him. Like I don't mind holding nothing over him. He ain't lying. I don't know that he ain't tell her or him about, you know, you, you don't have to really worry about that. And that gives you a true license to be yourself. You know, I think a lot of us live behind this veil of 
what are they gonna say? I'm like, well, when you're living in your integrity, what the fuck can they say? Yeah, that's one thing I've I'm working towards, you know, is just being honest from the jump, you know, and, and honesty goes both ways. It's, you know, honesty is kind of like telling on yourself and then also telling what's within you as well, because you can think that you're trying to be a good person by not telling the truth. If someone's like, well, how do you feel about this? And you're like, ah, it's fine. It's fine with me. Like, I'm cool with it. It's like, be honest, bro, because now you're hurting yourself. You know, when you're on, when you're not, when you're dishonest externally, you hurt others. When you're dishonest internally, like obviously you're hurting yourself. So it's like just being honest, like with yourself on a daily basis and with other people, you know, it's like, if you have a, a goal to, you know, start the new year off working out and you're like, man, I'm gonna get it. I'm gonna get it. I'm gonna get it. And it's like, you know, you, Two weeks in, oh, well, my job spends is so crazy. And then the family stuff, it's like, bro, be honest with yourself. Right. You just make no time, brother. It's not, it's not something you really want. And I have to be honest with myself too. Like, there's times where I'm like, man, I want to look great. It's like, do you? Or do you just kind of like want to stay in like a little bit of shape to not be fat? And it's like when I ask myself those questions, it's I find myself leaning a little bit more to the honest answer. Mm-hmm. Because the answer in my head is like, well, I want to have a six pack. I want to look good on the beach. It's like, no, that's that's a you know, that's a dream yeah. you have. But if it's if it's a real goal, then like, and you're being honest with yourself, then like you won't make the excuses to not go or like say you're busy. So it's like I've had to learn how to be honest with myself too. It's just like with stuff and and not make excuses like, well, it's slow season, so I'm not making any money. It's like, well, you just went on three trips in the past three months. Right. Yeah. I mean, like you said, it's, and I think you can take a step further even too and say, listen, like, I think everybody wants to be in shape, right? If you tell everyone right now, like they could snap their fingers at me in whatever shape they want, they would be. But I think the honesty comes in when you're talking about, okay, how much work are you willing to put in to get whatever it is you want? Right. You know, and being honest about that is like, okay, listen, I'm willing to give you three days. Okay. Well, I can give you three days of results, you know? And so being able to, um, be honest with yourself, like you said, there is 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 huge. Um, but I did want to ask you, like, kind of like my finality of the, the of everything. I think that you do a really good job at this, and I continue to try to get better at it each day, um, and encouraging others, mm-hmm. um, and also talking about your process. So, say you have somebody out there right now, male, female, um, that is in that place where they do kind of feel like they're in that cycle. Uh, they're lying to this person, that person. They're not being true to themselves. It's hard to look themselves in the mirror. Um, where do you start? You know, where do you, where, where do you, because like, we know why accountability is hard. We know why going to somebody and telling them that you lied to them or you did something to hurt them is hard. Um, so how do you convince yourself to get started? How do you convince yourself to risk those relationships, those opportunities? Um, what's on the other side, you know, for you that is, yeah. is so worth it? I think it's that it's honestly just something that you have to want for your life. Um, but I think that if you approach each opportunity with an opportunity to get better, like you'll slowly see over time, like that's who you become. Like if every time you talk to someone, you're like, this is my chance to be honest. This is my chance to be a little bit more emotional or sensitive to their feelings. 
this is my chance to set my boundaries. If you look at every single like time you have a conversation or an opportunity, life is life is honestly like one long ass practice. You know what I mean? You have big moments in your life where it feels like a game, but other than that, like, you know, like these podcasts, like these, like these feel like the games, you know, everything that we've gone through is a practice because we're able to share those experiences. Like, yeah, I went through this. I went through this. Like, you know, so if you look at every opportunity as like a chance to really grow in that moment over time, like you're going to look back and be like, wow, I've come a long way. Every relationship you go through, if you're like, Hey, this relationship, I want to be a better communicator. I want to spend less time on my phone. Like, and if it doesn't work out, but like those things you really got better at, it's like, okay, like you improved. Yeah. And then you look back like, well, I spent less time on my phone and I communicated better, but you know, I, I didn't spend enough time during the week. You know, I put my work first next relationship. I want to communicate better, spend less on my phone and not put so much work before my, my partner. It's like, if you take each opportunity, each relationship, whatever it may be, each job as a chance to get better, like over time, like that'll just become who you are. And like the same, it goes with DJing, fitness, mental health. You know, like I said, that gig I had, like not a big gig, small gig, but important. But if like, I'm like, eh, whatever, it's fine. Like that's like, that's a practice rep in your mind. Oh, whatever. So now the next time you do, like, well, whatever. And so like down the road, people are like, well, you have this like mad attitude about you and your business. And you're like, oh, no, I don't. It's like, well, your actions show that like that's who you become. But if like, you know, every every gig, every opportunity, I'm like, I got to do my thing. I got to make sure I'm top notch. Like that just becomes instilled in you. Right. So that'd be like my long term advice. You know, like I said, long winded answer advice is like look at each opportunity as a chance to grow every day. And I know it sounds cliche, like every day is another opportunity. But like it is, it's like, well, what else, are you doing? like, what else are you doing with your days? If you're not trying to get a little bit better. hundred percent, man. Like you said, it's, it's funny because sometimes you go through periods of life that like spawn very rapid growth. Um, you have some sort of catastrophe, whether it's in a family relationship work um, and you grow in one of two directions in a way that's going to feed you in the future and the way that you have to correct later on, you get to decide. Um but like you said, it, it starts with the first piece, right? It starts with the first conversation that you have where you're like, nah, I'm not going to do that no more, right? And you you keep you keep catching yourself on some of those old isms. Um, and I know for me, a lot of it started with like, I would trauma map. I would trauma map everything. Everything that anyone's ever complained about, anyone's ever said been frustrating, anything I've been frustrated with, I would, I just deep dove for the last year on okay why do i do that and i'm like it was a puzzle to me and i wanted to put it up in this mind map of my brain of why i do everything that i do the good things and the bad things uh because some of the good things come from a place of trauma as well you know they come from a place of being afraid or people are going to abandon you or think less of you and you can't control perception and so you go over and beyond on certain things and they run you dry you know but you know especially the things that make people feel eh right? You know, you never want people to have that that energetic eh, about you. Um, and if you can figure out where those come from, I've found that a lot of my things were not processes anymore. The process was figuring it out, but like almost like 
Uh, I've used this analogy multiple times. It's like a Where's Waldo book. It's like you sit there and you're looking and you're looking and you're looking and you cannot find this dude anywhere. You're like, bro, what the fuck? Like this dude is wearing red and white, got a fucking beanie on, he's at a beach. Why can't I find money? Right. And so you flip to the next page, maybe you find him there, maybe you close the book, go to something else. Come back the next day, you open it up in, in four seconds. There he is. And now you can't see that page that you just stared at for 20 minutes today before any different. You know, it's the same page, but now you see it differently. And I think for me, that's really helped me like not have to think about, oh, remember, you don't want to do that in conversation anymore. It's like, mm. it now it almost like hurts to do. It's like, no, no, you know exactly why you don't want to do this because you know exactly where it comes from and how it can hurt other people. So it doesn't even dawn on me to be like, oh, don't do this. It's like, nah, you don't want to have to correct that later on. You don't have to apologize for it later on because you know what this will do to somebody. Yep. Um, and taking each of those opportunities in stride and building them up in accumulation and hopefully looking back one day and going, wow, like I used to be a person who did X. Not I used to be a person because you're always going to be you. You used to be a person who did X, but now you do Y. And then tomorrow, maybe you'll do Z. Um, and just really viewing it as that ongoing process. No, I agree. Thing, yeah, I mean, one thing to remember too is like, man, like we're all just human beings at the end of the day. You know, and we're not going to be perfect, you know, but the goal is just to be the best, the best we can be. And I think we all know what that version of ourselves looks like. Yeah. You know, I don't know. I'm, I believe that there's a God out there and I believe like it's internally, like we know, cause like you can feel it, mm -hmm. you know what the best version of you is. And that's where like sadness and depression comes from knowing that you should be in a better place or in a better mindset, but you just can't Ooh. get there. I like that. I have to never put it that way, but I like that. But I mean, it's like, I always think about like depression, anxiety. It's like, it's an absence of something mm. like I mean, just because I don't know what this person's going to say. I don't know what tomorrow's going to hold. I don't know if my grandma's going to be cancer. I'm anxious because I don't know. Like that's what anxiety is. It's like the, the fear of just not knowing what's going to happen. You know, and then it's like depression. It's just like knowing that you should be further along, knowing that you could have did better, but you're not knowing that you're better than what you are. It's like I'm depressed because something is lacking in my life or I'm lacking in a certain place. Like I know that when I get depressed, it's because I'm lacking sun. I'm lacking, you know, um, engagement with people. I'm lacking mobility. I haven't worked out. I'm lacking nourishment because I haven't ate. Anytime I get depressed, I'm like, did you, I'm like, have you eaten out all week? Mm -hmm. Have you worked out at all this week? Mm -hmm. Have you talked to your mom or your dad or anyone you love? No. Have you journaled? No. How much water did you drink this week? Not a lot. Did you read anything? No. I was on TikTok and Instagram for eight hours a day. I just named six things that depress me that I can be. Right. You know? So it's like, once you figure out where like your depression comes from or your anxiety comes from, you can beat it, you know? Like, so it's like figuring out what, what do I lack? Where am I lacking in my life? You know, and then like adding, changing it from like what's lacking to adding. Okay, well, let me add good food to my life. Let me add 30 minutes of walking. Let me add 20 minutes of reading. Let me add 20 minutes to talk to my mom on the phone. Now you know what to input into your life to make you feel not depressed. I don't know what the, the antonym of depressed is, but you know, not depressed. Yeah, like it. it works.
<laughs> so that's that's good. Like you get that like mathematical algorithm of your happiness, literally you figure out the things that are gonna fuel that moving forward. Yeah, it's just it's just taking a step back and just realizing like what truly makes you happy, you know. Indubitably. Yeah. Um, but I got rapid fire for you because we're running out of time. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna give you you already answered a couple of these, but I want you to tell it to the people a couple questions and then followed by you go ahead and just lead with hey, where they can find you on Instagram. If they're in Columbus, where you're going to be in the upcoming weekend, uh, week, et cetera. Um, and then anything else, you know, you want to give them. So first question, if they can pick up one book after listening to this, what book is it? And second question, best piece of advice that you've ever received. And then you can follow that up with uh, your sign off and know who you are. So The Untethered Soul is the best book I've read. And I honestly need to read it again. So, yeah. I let someone borrow it and it got stolen. So I got to go get it again and re-highlight everything. And there's a podcast with him and Tony Robbins that changed my life. Um, and then the best piece of advice, man, I've had, I have so many, I'm not going to even say this is the best, but one of is the book I read by Ryan Holiday is the obstacle is the way. Once you learn that everything you go through is just part of like what your, like your path, it becomes easier. Like, Oh, like these people didn't believe in me. That's the way. That is the way. Like that is there to build character into you because someone, like when someone doesn't believe in you, it makes you want to go harder. These people didn't give me a chance. That is the way. And instead of like trying to like go around it, go over it, go under it, it's like, nah, this is what's in my way. This is now part of the process that I have to overcome. I have to figure it out because the more time you try to spend like, well, how do I get over this? How do I get around this? How do I... You're wasting your energy because eventually you have to go through that one way or another. So one thing I learned was just, you know, take it head on, like, you know, go through it, go bring it with you until it, it falls off, you know? And um, that's something that's helped me just understand that obstacles are a part of the process. Like they're not, it's not an easy road. You know, it's, it's a, it's a hard road. It's a bumpy road. There's definitely moments of smoothness. Um, but for the most part, like you're always going to have, you know, something, something in the way. 